Hey there, good morning. This is Christian Verwijs from The Liberators and welcome to another episode of The Liberators Network podcast. It's a sunny Wednesday morning here in the Netherlands and I felt like recording another episode. This one is a bit shorter than usual, but it's based on a discussion that Barry, Johannes and I had while writing the Zombie Scrum Survival Guide and we think it's an interesting topic to explore in an episode. Enjoy! The case of the missing customers in Scrum. Scrum is about shipping faster. But it's also about building what the customer needs. These are two sides of the same coin. One cannot go without the other. Although the former, shipping fast, is often at the forefront of attention, also thanks to DevOps, the latter is frequently forgotten. Think about it. How often do you have real customers or real users present during your sprint reviews? How often do developers in your team talk with real customers and real users? Although I understand why this doesn't happen as much as it should, it isn't helped by the Scrum Guide itself. It has exactly zero references to customers or users and instead abstracts them away behind the business jargon of stakeholders. If you contrast this with the Agile Manifesto, you see that it references customer collaboration very purposefully as part of its third principle. In this episode, we're going to explore the case of the missing customer in Scrum in more detail. It's all about your customers or why common sense is not common practice. Let's not beat around the bush. Your organization exists because it offers something valuable to the people outside that organization. What this means is different for organizations that operate in private or the public sector. If you work for a company in the private sector like Google, BMW or Walmart, It will be offering products or services that distinguish themselves from competitors in aspects that are important to your customers, like convenience, cost or quality. Products or services that fail to draw in sufficient customers will eventually wither and disappear in the marketplace of competing services and products. If your organization is a non-profit like the Red Cross or the Rotary, or if it operates in the public sector like the police, the army, a city council, It offers a unique or otherwise valuable service to its members, citizens or customers. Although the dynamics are different, an organization can continue to exist only if it offers something valuable to people outside the organization. And with the onset of social media, fewer and fewer organizations can survive the wrath of unhappy customers, citizens or members. Organizations need to be acutely aware of how important their customers are to their continued existence. Every organization has external customers. Others also have internal customers. These may be the users or departments that need some service or product from other teams or departments within that same organization. Although the dynamics are different, the principle is the same. You can only continue to exist if you offer something valuable to your customers. It seems so obvious, doesn't it? But somehow we often forget what this means in our day-to-day work with Scrum teams. Why is it that in many organizations, large or small, the people that are actually working on a product, like designers, developers, managers, testers, rarely talk to customers and users? They're hidden behind layers of organizational fat, sales, marketing, account management, project management, and the customer has become only an abstraction. Product development requires collaborative discovery. Now, why should we care about all this? Why does it matter if we don't see customers and users all the time? 
who cares if we still deliver a useful product? It has everything to do with the inherent complexity of product development. While customers initially may seem to know what they need, and developers may seem to know how to implement this, the reality is that customers figure out what they need along the way, and developers figure out how to build that along the way. This process of collaborative discovery necessarily requires frequent feedback and communication between the people that are using the product and the people that are building it. It requires a lot of it. And this is where the Scrum framework comes in. It lays down the bare essentials for a process that promotes collaborative discovery. By frequently delivering incremental versions of a product, developers and customers can have important conversations about what is needed and how to build it. Does a feature implemented this way help you solve your problem, dear customer? Dear customer, do you understand how to use this feature? And what can we do to make this feature more useful to you? Or what new and valuable ideas pop up when you see this working? These are the kind of things you want developers and customers to talk about. A lot of scrum teams often forget about the collaborative part, making the discovery part more like a lifeless stretch than a one-way road. Without meaningful feedback and input from customers, what else is there to do but continue to plow through the product backlog until the product is done? Scrum teams rarely see customers or users or may even be afraid of them. And when they are so abstract and distant, what they need and want becomes something that development teams only know through layers of organizational filtering. You shouldn't ship fast without involving the customer. This is why building what the customer needs and shipping fast are really two sides of the same coin. It's wonderful if you can ship fast, but it is nothing more than a technical exercise if the customers are not also deeply involved in this process. How can developers build good products if they never talk or see customers and users? This means that we need to draw the people that use the product, our customers and users, deeply into the process of building it not hidden behind a product owner, but in a more direct sense. Only then can we create the kind of collaborative environment where valuable and amazing products can be created. The Scrum framework will help you do this, but it requires careful attention to both sides of the coin in equal measure. Let's move to some closing thoughts. If you want to balance your ability to ship fast with your ability to deliver something of value, then you can figure out how you're doing at survey.zombiescrum.org. It's a free tool that we've created to help Scrum teams determine how they're doing for themselves, but also if they want compared to other teams. This gives them a better sense of how Scrum is working for them and what else may be possible. The tool is available for free, you don't have to pay for it, and it's anonymous or as anonymous as you want it to be. This entire episode has been a selection from our upcoming book, The Zombie Scrum Survival Guide. I'm currently writing this with Barry Overeem and Johannes Schartau. If you go to zombiescrum.org, you can find more information there, including more blog posts and podcasts that all relate to Zombie Scrum. We'd love to hear your ideas, your feedback and input, also ideas that you got while listening to this episode. Let us know in the comments. And if you like this episode, please give it a thumbs up or rate it on the platform that you're listening on. Thank you for listening and see you again next time.